Synthaholics. Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today we have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and David Duncan. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Dave, we are now in chapter 28 and going to go to chapter 29. And we get to catch up with Gurney Hollick. Gurney! We, we miss the old uh, crinkly bastard. Well, it's it's great. Joss Brolin is playing him in the new movie. I wish they just CG him to look like Thanos, because Thanos is pretty ugly. But Joss Brolin, not so much. Yeah, Joss Brolin's, a, you know, especially in his younger years, he was you know, like with the hunk kind of guy. But now, um, uh, you know, he's matured, obviously. He's a, he's a grizzled, you know, gray fox type character. I'm sure some people would, would say that, right? Yeah, I was. I, yeah, he's a yeah, a silver fox, silver fox. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, right. I, I think I think they would call him Silver Fox for sure. And you know, if your paycheck's pretty big, uh, you know, most people are. That's an aphrodisiac for most. So <laughs> yeah, that, that, that that's true. <laughs> Very true. Um, Dave, the opening uh, opening lines here, what I thought was interesting for uh, chapter twenty eight. It says, "We came from Caledon, a paradise world for our for, uh, from our former life." There existed no need in Caledon to build a physical paradise or a paradise of the mind. We could we could see the actual uh, the actuality all around us, and the price we paid was the price men have always paid for achieving a paradise in this life. We went soft. We lost our edge. Oh, luxury! It makes us soft. Benjamins, they make us soft. <laughs> the Benjamins make you soft. That's right. When you're scrapping for food and you're just fighting everybody for something, you know you're you're pretty lean and mean. But after that, oh, um, gotta get in with the Fremens. That's right. So, uh, but Gurney he takes a different choice. Uh, so we c- catch up with Gurney. He has been. Uh, rescued him and his troop, his men have been rescued by the the smuggler's son. Remember, his smuggler's son was killed uh, by Doctor, or the smuggler's father was killed by Doctor Yui uh, after the big banquet dinner, uh, and killed uh, Shadow Mapes too. So this is um, uh, the son is called Stabman Tuuk. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. So and. Uh, they're having a meeting in Tuke's office. In the audiobook, I think they say Tuik. Tuik? Okay, Tuik. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a, it's a strange. It's T-U-E-K, so I guess you could say Tuik. Um, it's like, is, do you say Gurney Haldek or Halleck? Halleck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so they're... Um, 
they're talking in his office, and they basically um, Gurney says basically like I have a settled the score with the uh, with the Harkonnens, especially Raban. Raban gave him the scar on his cheek, apparently, or on his jawline there. So he wants to get revenge, and uh, he made me ugly. Yeah. Make well, him you were ugly. ugly before. You just made him more ugly. I'm gonna cut up his little green thong thing too. It's <laughs> ugly. Well, that's Faye, not R- Raban's the beast. Oh, Raban, so. I'm sure has one too. It's just even more well, I'm beastly. Sure it's just, just you just don't want to see what's underneath that. <laughs> you know. Oh my god! It's Look like a Klingon. There's like two dicks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, but the, the smuggler is like, the smuggler wants, oh, well, Gurney's like, don't you want to have um, revenge uh, for them killing your your uh, your father? And uh, the smuggler's like, yeah, I do, but I also have a business to run, and I want to survive. So I have things to do here, so I am going to get my revenge. This is not going to be at this very moment. And Gurney's ready just to run out the door and get revenge against Raban. And he's like, it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, just settle down. Yeah. It reminds me um, of the Dune redub thing I sent you where, like, Gurney doesn't say anything. He just, like, charges and goes, grrr. That's very very much in character of uh, of how Gurney is uh, portrayed here. And it was uh, just in the redub, which is just a joke. Well, the other and the other thing is that uh, Gurney still uh, is when undering the the impression that Jessica was the traitor. Man, and, man, him and Thufer—they just blame it on the woman, huh? Uh, but then the smuggler tells Gurney, says, "Well, uh, I've been hearing uh, from rumors that Thufer is now working for the Harkonnens, so he probably's the traitor." Uh oh. And then. Uh, and you know, and Gurney's like, "You think he's the traitor?" And and uh, the smuggler goes, "This is academic." He says, "We think the witch is dead. At least the Harkonnens believe it." So, and then he gives the idea that they they went into the sandstorm, and there's probably nothing left of them, which obviously is incorrect. Which we'll find out even more by next chapter. But um, so yeah, um, and then also. Um, there's also talk about like uh, the smuggler. So the smugglers will take in Gurney and his men, uh, but they have to kind of work off. They they can go anything where they want. They don't have to stay with the smugglers, of course, but they would like them to stay. But if they're gonna if they're gonna take them in and get them off planet, like if some of the guys want to go back to Kaladin, they have to work their position off uh, so they can make the transit uh, through the guild. So. They, they they definitely have enough money that they can you know the, they can go to the guild and have the guild transport their their ships you know throughout the universe so option uh, a well and that's the other option is um, the smuggling says do, so do you want to join us or and then also uh, gurney brings up that uh, their um, that the Harkonnens not the Harkonnens, but the Sardaukar are working with the Harkonnens, and the Sardaukar are hunting now the Freemen. And they, um, I'm trying to find the word here that they use. It's an unusual word uh, that uh, use um, the idea that they're called, um, oh, it says, it says, uh, 
Haven't you? Uh, this is what Gurney says. Uh, haven't you heard that there uh, there been there may have been Sardaukar with the Harkonnens? And the smuggler says more rumors. He says, but a, uh, a pogrom. That isn't the Harkonnens. A pogrom is wasteful. So a pogrom is basically like um, an ethnic cleansing, like you know the the you know decimation of you know the Holocaust of the Jews or something like that. Hmm. Um, and so the Sardaukar going at the Fremen. Like uh, an ethnic cleansing, genocide. Yeah. yeah, genocide kind of thing, and just uh, like our so turn never- flocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was I was very interested. I I never heard that. So this, I wonder if that's a um, Dune word. I'm not sure, but I looked it up with Dune attached to it, and that's what it came up with. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, so yeah, so but then so he's like, well, do you want to go with uh, the the men, and you can join them, and you can fight the Harkonnens and the Sardaukar and be hunted, or you can stay with me, uh, work with work with me, and obviously we'll take our revenge against the Raban and the Harkonnens uh, as time comes. But you know, it'll, it'll, it won't happen right away. We're gonna hit them in the and, pocketbook. <laughs> and so Gurney thinks about it for a while. And then he uh, pledges his uh, his sword to him. So, um, and my so axe, then, and my axe, and but, my yeah, bow. So, and then uh, uh, Gurney says, "I'm going to go down to my men, check on them." And one of the men have been uh, um, uh, injured, and he's on the verge of death. And he asked uh, Gurney to sing a song uh, for him. So he gets his. Uh, instrument out and sings what ass pussy <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's some hoes in this house there's some hoes in this house <laughs> yeah so he's just a little party bee <laughs> i mean it's, um, it's his favorite artist uh, of course so yeah he sings the song and the guy passes as he's uh as he's singing and uh he he stops and he uh closes his eyes and uh, and then his last th- thought before the chapter ends is now we are seventy three people so seventy three men survive so um so that's interesting so Gurney is now running with the smugglers I think it'd be more interesting if we knew how many people were there at the beginning because we didn't really get any numbers like pre uh, uh, Harkonnen you know jumping uh, ambush numbers we don't know those numbers oh. I mean, yeah, Kearney is like, you know, maybe there was 200 in the beginning. Maybe there was 110. <laughs> That's five. Six? Three, sir. <laughs> no, how, uh, what's this? Lord of the Rings, two towers when they're fighting at the Helm's Deep. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was doing a Monty Python, like, I know, one, I know two, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Three, sir. Uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, so um, there you go. Now we're going to jump uh, back to Paul and Jessica wandering the deserts. Uh, there's a beginning thing of talking about the introduction of um, what sounds like is Lady Jessica. So um, the, um, the princess talks about her father, um, the emperor, and said that this guy used to come in and give... Uh, kind of like procure slave concubines to his father uh, with a Bene Gesserit guild agreement um, that they could not bear a royal successor. 
So, and they would spy on her, on his father. So this point, she was spying on his father for this, and uh, had this this woman put it pre- uh, presented to him, and it would. Uh, she stood there naked for a long time, and she says, uh, "Slave concubine, then red hair uh, like my father, uh, will uh, willowy and graceful." And uh, she had a dancer's muscles, and her training obviously had included neuro enticement. My father looked at her for a long time as he postured, un- uh, as she postured unclothed before him, and finally said, "She is too beautiful. We'll save her as a gift." Um, I wonder if this was like a gift then to Duke Leto, and then that's why the emperor turned against him. It's like ah, we're giving him. This I could have had. I could have had the most beautiful one. Yeah, I know. It was weird. It is very weird. And that was a very odd um, uh, Princess Irulam. My dad just staring at naked chicks. Yeah, she's like doing some spy hole into the throne room. You know, like the the old painting where you look through the eyeballs. (laughs) Or like you just like roll it over to the side. You can stick your eye through. It's a glory hole, but for eyes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All the paintings in the Emperor's uh, throne room has glory holes poking through. Yeah, absolutely, right? And there's always like a, a painting of a gentleman, and it's just a little black hair. It'd be funny if it was like a woman. <laughs> anyways. Mm, into food um, anyways. <laughs> mm, conjecture. <laughs> anyways, so... Uh, we now jump to Paul and Jessica. Uh, Paul is now outside the still send. It's late, uh, still tent, and it's late afternoon. And uh, he's kind of looking off into the distance and just seeing how um, just the vastness of everything. And uh, it, he, he is taken by the beauty of everything as well. But uh, he wonders if there is another abandoned testing station that they could find. And he thinks to himself, what if there's no Freeman e- either? Uh, and the plants um, are here only in accident. So he's like, well, like, what if we're just out here alone? So uh, You're never but, alone. Just make some even, even sounding steps and you'll have a worm right there with you. That's right. So they break down, um, they break down camp and uh, it's becoming nighttime at this point uh, so they can walk. Um, comfortably through the through the night, and uh, as they're they're setting up, they're um, they're getting ready to run across this great expanse of sand to get to another rocky uh, area, um, but it's a long way away. So he sets out a uh, a thumper, you know, to um, call the uh, worm. The, call the worm, but it's a thirty minute delay. And what they're trying to do is they start doing this uh, weird uh, shuffle walk across the the sand dunes. They so do they an know. Irish jig across the large expanse. <laughs> oh, that's Mexican. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you could do it either way. You do a natural Mexican. libre across the desert. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, it was like this walk where they had to like what is it? Uh, step, drag, drag, step, 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 wait, step, step. Drag step, yeah. It's the electric slide, basically. Duck and roll, and so, duck and roll. Yeah, it's the Macarena. Oh, the Macarena so, would um, get the meeting for sure. So they, um, they're, they're walking across, and it just seems like taking forever, and like it's really exhausting as well, just to walk across the sand dunes like this. And, <laughs> um, 
and then uh, then the thumper starts kicking in, and so they're they're still doing the the walk across there while the thumpers and Paul's like, do not look back, just keep moving, and then they hear off behind them the worm come out and it's like thrashing around and and crashing into the rocks and stuff like that and like they're just like keep looking forward do not look at that worm you might turn the salt if you look behind and and so uh they're they're going out and just walking this rhythm and then unfortunately they get to a um what's it called a uh an area where it's called a a drum sand drum sand so basic drum sand is when you run a walk across it, it just like it just vibrates like a drum. Oh. So it's like this it's it's a harder sand. So they're like shit, we're on drum sand now. So even if we walk without rhythm, we're still making the noise, the vibrations on this drum sand. So this then is they just still start, calling the worms. Yeah, so they just then they just start running. They're just taking off to, to the rock formation because Run now like they're the wind. They're screwed. And so they they start going across um, the um, to get to the rock. So, um, and uh, when they get to the rocky area, um, they uh, they he's noticing. Uh, Paul notices that these uh, like poles that are set up, and uh, Jessica doesn't see him right then, but he's seeing there like there's there's been evidence that obviously. Um, you know, the Fremen have been out there. And then... The ski slopes already. <laughs> yeah, so they're climbing. Uh, they're, uh, they're getting into the area, but they, um, uh, they notice that there's another thumper that's going, that called, because uh, a worm starts coming and starts, and it basically poises right on top, like right, right in front of uh, Paul and Jessica. And like, it's going to attack and it starts, you know, trying to go after him. Paul feels exhilarated by it. And Jessica uses all her Bene Gesserit training not to literally freak out. So there's two different staring into the eye of the worm. (laughs) I mean, the mouth of the worm is kind of like an eyeball. It it looks like an eyeball kind of in the, in the the new Dune movie trailer. Yeah, it does. And actually I think this is sort of it. The only thing i think is different about this is that that scene in the movie where the worm is kind of like looking right at them is um it looks like it's during day and it would be during night in the book so yeah that's the only difference i notice i mean if that's the scene we're looking at in that movie from here but um and then the uh worm takes off because somebody sent another thumper off to uh distract the worm and so Paul and Jessica take off more into the rock formations, and they find that these rock areas are uh, have these carved steps. So, um, uh, no sign of intelligent life here. Oh well. More, more, more. <laughs> yeah, more evidence that they're um, completely uh, alone in the that world. Primitive. And uh, then they get and they find themselves in this garden, and there's these like like greenery of some sorts like you know um plant life that's in there and they even see like little mouse mice jumping through in this garden and even a a bird takes off so there they see all these things so and then from behind uh they hear a voice and uh it says uh it was to say um most intruders uh uh, uh, here regret finding the Fremen and then um, 
they're about to. Paul gets actually pretty scared by this, but um, they uh, Jessica kind of feels like they just want our uh, water f- of our flesh. So they're just like they just they don't care about us. They just they're there just to take our water. So basically, they kill us and then take their water. So um, they're gonna put us through this a meat grinder. Like this, yeah. Um, and so it says you hear a voice call out from the uh, base in the room. It says, make it quick still, get their water, and let's be on our way. We have little enough time before dawn. And uh, this, I'm assuming this is Stilgar, because why would they call him still? So, um, and still this is, that's right. And then, uh, but Paul can't see the future at this point, so there's something muddling his uh, future view. But And that's how the chapter ends, that they just meet, meet, meet up with the Fremen. So, and that's where we're at. So, oh, no. Paul and Jessica made their way successfully to the Fremen, it looks like by now. And Gurney has uh, hooked up with a bunch of smugglers to do some spice uh, running with uh, Han Solo. Yeah, they got to they work on that castle run. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on these two chapters, Dave? Oh, it was good. It was good to see Gurney still alive and kicking and counting his men. Singing you know, songs? And singing songs. You know, you got to sing something that Cardi B. Uh, got, yeah. got to send your your men off to the afterlife in style. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> and then you know, uh, you know, uh, Paul and Jessica dancing across the desert trying to avoid some worms unsuccessfully. And then they meet up with Stilga. Yeah, Stilga. And then that's uh, we get to find out what happens with them next time. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, kind of transitionary chapters, uh, more. Like right. some of the early chapters in Dune, and not a whole lot happened. Just kind of letting you know uh, where these people are, where, everyone, where the pieces are falling. Right? Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like setup chapters for what's happening next because a whole bunch of stuff happens next with Paul and Jessica and Stilgar, mm-hmm. and it yeah yeah it, the front it gets, yeah it gets uh, uh, a lot more stuff starts happening uh, next time. And then, you know, Fade also has his like you know gladiatory stuff. He does, man. It's just. Uh-huh. <laughs> They like getting him naked. <laughs> Certainly, dude. Right? <laughs> yeah. What were your thoughts on these chapters? Um, interesting on Paul how he gets exhilarated by the worm. Uh, also, he he uses this. He he seems to be leaning on his like sense that he can he can see the future. And that point when he first meets the Fremen in that garden area, he's like, I can't see what's going to happen next. So. <laughs> He's just had this ability for like two days, and it's like I'm never gonna think about anything else other than using my ability. Right, <laughs> and it's then I was like, "Crap, yeah. I can't use my ability now." It's very strange um, how how it's interesting how how reliant he's become on it so quickly. Very quickly. Well, I mean, if it works, it works, right? Um, until it doesn't. And then until it doesn't, and then he gets scared. Who are you? What are Here's you doing? Here's the mind killer. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that does strike strike me a lot uh, in the last couple of chapters is how often it, it's you know we're in Paul's head and he keeps on saying how how he's scared. I'm like, where's your bed of desert litany? Yeah, I know, I know exactly. Well, as Jessica said, like I what two or three chapters ago that you still have to work on your uh, bed of desert training, so you're not quite there yet. So you're not a Jedi yet. Um, yeah, Gurney's, uh, you know, obviously Gurney's ready for revenge, especially against Raban. Um, and 
interesting them taking up with the smugglers. Uh, you wonder um, how how the smuggler will use uh, Gurney and the uh, you know Atreides soldiers to his uh, benefit. So yeah, I mean it's it's nice for it's nice uh, little payoff what happened earlier because I mean Duke Leto really, really early on was like yeah we should make friends with the smugglers and then we haven't heard about the smugglers since. Now yeah, we're almost right. halfway through the book. We're finally getting some details on what's going on with the smugglers and that they might actually be players in this instead of just like, oh, just, you know, passing dialogue right. from earlier. Right, exactly. So it's nice to so, see that kind of uh, come back up and mm-hmm. uh, have some, uh, uh, hopefully, some context or in some, uh, you know, not context, but um, meaning because we've got uh, Gurney with them. And Gurney, the the very violent uh, musician. The violent musician. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like the Marilyn Manson. Mm. <laughs> Not that Marilyn Manson was ever really violent. Just he hit, gave the feeling that violence could happen. Brave Paul Atreides ran away. Bravely ran away. away. <laughs> when danger in its ugly head, he bravely ran with his mom. So, yeah, in the next couple chapters, we're going to get Paul and um, Stilgar and the Fremen kind of, like, you know, getting themselves worked out. uh, Getting to know each other. Getting to know you. Getting to know about you. Getting to like you. Getting to kill you. you. At least one of them. Um, All right, well... Guys, uh, so next week, uh, tune in to some more Atreides fun with the Fremen. Atreides, make friends with the Fremen. Absolutely. That's what, yeah, we'll call it. Um, guys, if you uh, need to uh, make any extra points to something we missed or something else that you want to talk about, about Dune, uh, you can always email us at uh, synthaholics at yahoo.com. You can hit us up on our Facebook group, uh, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash synthaholics. You can comment there. Uh, you can go to our Twitter. You can tw- uh, our Twitter is Synthaholic Duo. So you can hit us up and say, you know, hi and anything else that you want to bring up. And if the show is something you want to support, please go to our Patreon, Patreon forward slash Synthaholics, and you can support us there. All right, Dave, until next week, we will be talking Dune. Let the spice flow. <laughs> Into that no. wet ass pussy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, let the spice flow, guys. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink, and we'll cry till we laugh, and we'll both shit our pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> You brought it up today. You sent me the video of Gilbert, oh, Godfrey, yeah. Gilbert Godfrey reading reading the lyrics to "White Ass Pussy." So that's been so on my funny. mind. So you ever, there's another video of him reading uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> that's gotta be great. You gotta look at that. I that's love. funny because it it they're doing him reading it like in a recording studio, but yeah. then like uh, it's like a commercial for Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's um. 
And they show these ladies like listening to it as they're doing like their workouts or whatever. <laughs> and they're just like, they're all like, you can tell they're sort of getting turned on, but it's so hilarious the way he's reading it because it's like so like grating just how he talks. I love Gil. So. He should totally be the voice of the Cerritos computer. I mean, why, do I, why do you want? Why do you want? Why do you want? Computer's upset that I was trying to talk to like Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> all right we're recording it's a sandy world after all it's a it's sandy world sand- after all <laughs> there's wormies coming to kill you it's a small 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 ringworm <laughs> it's a fungal infection people oh no I got ringworms around the rectum Oh, God. (laughs) They're circling it. (laughs) It's like sitting on the donut. Oh, God. (laughs) So gross. (laughs) Let's do this.